The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. So what might happen if you actually asked for help? There is this mythology in work and life of the individual who goes out and does all the things they want to do completely on their own. The self-reliant, capable of anything and everything human. We have this misguided story that a kind of self-sufficiency is the ultimate achievement and that anything less than that is a burden. And asking for help is a sign of weakness or lack or inability. And that myth is doing a lot of harm to us in turn causing a lot of suffering, and keeping us from not only succeeding at higher levels in every area of life, but also from creating opportunities to more deeply connect with other people. But how do we ask for help? In a world where no one teaches us these things, and we're concerned about how that request will land. That is where we're headed in today's Spark Hot Take episode, where we look at hot topics in conversation with expert guides from the Spark Brain Trust and beyond. And today, we're hearing from Deborah Owens, and the topic is how to ask for help. Deborah, for longtime listeners know, is the founder of her own consulting firm, Corporate Alleycat, where she advises and coaches people of color in all aspects of career visioning and development. She has this incredible ability to see what's happening under the surface in any given situation and ask questions that really get to the heart of the matter and reveal possibilities that feel both empowering and expansive. In today's episode is part one of our deep dive into layers of what it actually means to ask for help, why we often find it so difficult, and there's interesting research on this, by the way, and also exploring the myths that we need to bust in order to get the help we actually need. Deborah shares a key insight, revealing research around the surprising reasons why people don't ask for help. And by the way, this may apply to you. I know it did to me. And the reality is, none of us have all the answers. And while we could probably figure out some or even many of the things on our own, why would we when we could garner support from someone who has walked the path before us? And why wouldn't we ask for guidance and potentially save ourselves time, money, stress, and disappointment and build deeper relationships along the way. In this first part of our conversation, Deborah tees up why we should ask for help for what we actually need also, rather than what we think we can get, which is a huge and important distinction. And we hope that offers you a powerful shift in how you approach support and achieving the things that you are here to do. And be sure that you are following Spark in your favorite listening app, So you don't miss part two of this, where we'll dive into more very specific techniques for asking for help. I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Spart. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. 
Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors, I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast. Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. Hello, hello. We are back this week with Deborah Owens from the Spark Brain Trust. And this is one of our Spark Hot Take episodes where we pick one topic that is relevant to a whole lot of people, especially in the world of work. And we go deep into it. And Deb, you floated this topic to me um, a while back, and we mm-hmm. wanted to have this conversation. This is so relevant to so many people, um, and we're going to go deep into it. So um, why don't you tee up what the topic is for us today? All right. So thanks, Jonathan. And this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And the topic is asking for help. So as you know, in my business, I work with corporate professionals navigating the corporate environment. And one of the biggest obstacles I see is people just not asking for what they want and just not asking for the help they need. And then when they do ask for help, it's too late. Your options are limited. So I thought it would be fun if we could talk about how do you ask for help without feeling bad about asking for help? Right. And how do you how do you get the help that you really need? Because sometimes people ask for help, but it's not the help they need because they don't want to ask for what they really need for fear of looking weak, vulnerable, incompetent. And I hope today we can just blow those myths and assumptions out the window. Yeah, I love this. And and you kind of started off with a question that was in in my head and that we've, we've talked about a little bit, which is this whole idea of if nobody can ever possibly know everything they need to know, we're always growing, we're always learning, we're always looking for, for help and generally grateful. Like, what are the reasons that we don't ask for it? I, I remember a couple of years back, um, hearing some research that, that said that amongst the hardest words, three words for anyone to say, at least in sort of like an American culture, are I don't know, mm-hmm. right? Because- because of not because of the words that they're, they're easy enough to say, but because of the associations that we assume happen mm-hmm. when, when we utter those three words. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, particularly in the United States, is we're big on being independent. Everybody has to do it on their own. And that's just not how the world works. It's not how the workplace works. And it's definitely not how corporate America works. So I always say that the first thing you have to realize is that nobody does it alone. Even Jonathan Fields has help. Even Jonathan Fields has people he reaches out to to say, hey, do you know this? Can you give me some insights? Nobody does it alone. And if you're out there and you're listening and you're thinking, I can figure it out by myself, you probably can. But why would you do that when somebody's already had the great or not so great experience and has the answer or can give you the guidance, it will save you time, money, stress, heartache, disappointment. So one of the other things I just want to point out is that there are actually people who do studies on this thing, 
which is why don't people ask for help? And I, I didn't know there were so many studies out there, Jonathan. But here's the thing they say is they, they say that people underestimate how much people want to help and how good it feels to others to be able to help you. And they overestimate how much of a burden it's going to be to other people. And I think that's been true. Probably I know it's been true in my life and I definitely know it's been true in my community. Like we tell ourselves stories about why people aren't going to help us. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, in in my life, I have been, and you referenced that, you know, it, it's almost like the mythology of like the individual, like, you mm-hmm. know, like it, it is the pioneering individual, the person who just goes out there and blazes a path and like, you know, like has their own convictions and everything. And like, but it's, it's complete mythology. Like nobody does anything meaningful or big or significant alone. That's in work. That's in relationships. That's in life. That's in well being. It's every part of our existence. And yet the mythology out there is that, you know, like that's the aspiration, you know, that we should, we quote, should be able to actually do that. And if we're not equipped to do it, if we're not either, skilled enough, or if we don't know enough, or we don't have the the innate talent to do it, then we're less than, you know, and it just stops us from asking. And I love that you, you brought up that research that shows that actually we're doing a disservice, not just to us, but to so many other people who would really love to help us mm-hmm. and have the knowledge and the insights or the resources or the connections that would really be helpful to us, but we're not letting them actually get the joy of playing that role in our lives or in our career paths or relationships by doing that. So we're not just hurting ourselves. We're actually, um, we're taking away a really beautiful moment from the people around us. And it's so interesting because most people want to help. Those people who feel uncomfortable asking others are very willing to help others themselves. But I hear it all the time. I help other people, but I can't ask for help for myself. And I'm I'm like, well, when people ask you for help, do you consider it a burden? They're like, no, I'm happy to help if I can. I always say, well, why do you assume that other people wouldn't feel that same way? Why do you assume that they wouldn't want to help you? And like, I don't know. It's just hard for me to do. And so I think it's really important to really get honest with yourself and think, why is it that I'm really not asking for help? Mm. What's really holding me back? And you floated some of those things, a sense of not wanting to appear, quote, weak, which is largely just in our heads, or be vulnerable, or like not able to actually do this thing. One other thing that pops into my head also, and I'm curious about this, um, especially because of the community that you work with, like, I wonder if you know, I think there are probably some universal experiences and reasons that people won't ask for help. But I wonder if gender, if race, if economics all play into a willingness or a lack of willingness to actually be in that place where you're asking somebody else for help. Absolutely. Right. And the reason I say that is because as an African-American woman, you always feel like you're proving yourself. So you're always under a high level of scrutiny. I don't care how high your performance is. There's always a very high level of scrutiny. So that one causes you to self-censor yourself. 
Well, I don't want to ask this because what if they use that against me? Well, you know, she asked this and I'm telling you, that's what people think. And yes, it can happen. But even in my experience, I think people want to help. And we know those people who want to help because they've already demonstrated it in so many ways. But here's the biggest thing that we do in my community with my clients. We always laugh about this because one of the things I ask is how many people have said to you in the last two weeks, hey, Jonathan, if you need any help, don't hesitate to reach out. Hey, Jonathan, if you need some support, let me know. Hey, Jonathan, if you need anything, just give me a quick buzz. And I ask people to raise their hands. And how many people do you think raise their hands? Almost everybody. Then I ask, how many people have needed help? And you reached out to those people. And then the hands just slowly go down, right? So I think we have to ask ourselves, why aren't we asking for help from people who have already offered it? They've al- we already know they're not going to reject us. We already know they're going to say yes. So what is really holding you back? And sometimes I think particularly as a African-American woman, there are so many obstacles and barriers and stories that I tell myself that just aren't true. They haven't played out in real world experience. That doesn't mean they don't happen, but they don't happen in the frequency that I tell my stories, right? So people say, well, I don't want to ask Jonathan because Jonathan is so busy. And well, I don't want to ask Jonathan because I don't think this is something he'd be interested in. And I just, I don't want to ask Jonathan because I don't have anything to give Jonathan in return. Uh, that's such a huge one, that last yeah. one, by the way. I think we all, we always think, look at it as transactional mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> It's not that way. It's not a quid pro quo. I have four rules that I always give everybody. Um, And those are rules that I learned because I used to do this. And my first rule is don't say no for someone else. Just don't. Somebody says, well, I didn't ask because I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I said, do you know that for sure? No, but I don't think they will. Don't say no for somebody else. Let them say no to you. And most people these days, they will say no so nicely to you. You won't even realize that they're saying I'm not going to do it because people in general are kind, right? The other thing Jonathan feels, oh, he's so busy. He's doing all this talking and I'm like, don't manage Jonathan's calendar. Jonathan's an adult. If he can't do it, he will tell you. And I also say this, if I was talking about you, I said, Jonathan is talking to people. He's giving advice to people. He's just not talking to you because you didn't ask. Yeah, I, right. You're talking to people. And it's that we, I, and I'm, I'm as guilty as, of this as, as anyone else. I think we can, we, like, no matter who you are, you're looking at somebody else who you perceive as being busier or more important or mm-hmm. high status or like, and mm-hmm. we're, and we're like, well, I I kind of know that it's going to be a no already. So why even bother asking? And, and I've had to literally say to myself the same thing. I'm like, you know what? Just do the thing, (laughs) go ask. And more times than not, I was wrong. Like my assumption was wrong. I was, it was just chatter in my head. Well, you know, with um, my company, Corporate Alley Cat, 
I've done over 70 webinars or interviews. Do you know how many people have said no to me? Two. Well, one wasn't even a no. It was like, uh, I don't know if I, uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm not really good at that. And one person did say no. And he said, why? And I was fine with it. But 70 people, at least 70, only two people have ever said no. Mm. And I actually have people who interview folks and who do podcasts and they're like, well, how do you get these people? And a lot of it is, you know, if I have someone that I want to have on, if I don't know them, there's a good chance I know somebody who knows them or somebody who knows somebody who knows them. And I ask for the connection. Sometimes I've reached out to people cold and just said, hey, I'd love to have you on. And here's why. Here's what I think you can contribute. Here's how, you know, I think it would be beneficial to you as well. And it's just going to be a good time. No one has ever said no. My younger self would have been terrified. And I don't, I, you know, you think of like terrified of what? Somebody said, no, I don't do that. Or no, I'm not available. That's okay. And one no from one person is just one no from one person. Because sometimes we, then we start telling a story. Well, I'm not going to ask this person because I asked Jonathan Fields and he couldn't do it. So I'm not going to ask anybody else who's in that space because Jonathan Fields said no. That's just not, it's not true, but I get it. I did it. I still have a version of that that I do. And I have to kind of talk to myself like Debbie, really, this is ridiculous. Just ask if they say no, they just say no. Love it. So that was one of the four. Oh, yes. So um, don't say no for other people. Don't manage other people's calendars. Got it. Okay. So don't I got give people in. homework. <laughs> So this is this is one of those rules about how to ask for help. So have you ever heard people say, well, you know, at our company, we don't help each other or in our organization, we don't help each other or, you know, women don't help other women. Have you ever heard a version of that? And so what I say to people is, that, well, well, tell me what you said. What, what did you what did you ask them to do? Well, I told them that I was looking for another position and if they would help me. I said, well, you just gave them homework. You just gave them a project. Why would they say yes to that? So my rule is don't give people homework. Now, if you had said, hey, I am looking for other opportunities. Here are the areas that I'm interested in. This is my experience that really positions me well. And here's a plan I put together. Would you mind walking through it with me and giving me some feedback? You might be willing to say yes, Jonathan, right? But if somebody says, hey, um, Jonathan, can you help me? I want to become uh, a worldwide speaker like you. Can you help me? What are you thinking? It's a different equation. Yeah. What, <laughs> yeah. What's, no, what are you for thinking sure. in your head? You're like, well, huh. It's interesting because what I was thinking with those two different examples is the first, like my immediate thing is I love to be helpful, mm -hmm. but I also have very real bandwidth constraints. Mm -hmm. So I have to, I have to choose you know, in, in a very intentional way, what I say yes or no to. And so immediately what was happening as you were offering those two different scenarios is I'm evaluating the, the needed bandwidth mm -hmm. to do for these two different S. The first one is very open-ended. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. uh, or, or the second one, like mm -hmm. um, the first one where like, it was very clear parameters. I can say to myself, it's probably like 15 minutes. It's like a relatively short, direct conversation. Like mm -hmm. that's doable for me. The second one, 
I have no idea. And I'm probably going to estimate like hours. So that's going to be just, mu- even if I want to help, it's going to be mm-hmm. a much harder yes for me. So I love the, that sort of like teeing it up in a way that offers like very clear parameters that minimizes the amount of quote homework that you're asking somebody to do. So Jonathan, can I put you on the spot for a second? Sure. <laughs> All right. So the second person is like, Jonathan, you know, I want to be a speaker. Um, I think I'd be a really good speaker. And you might say, well, are you currently speaking? Well, you know, um, I spoke at, I did, I've done some presentations in my company. I got some really good feedback. Um, and you might say, oh, okay, well, what else are you doing? Well, that's really it. That's why I wanted to talk to you because I thought, you know, you're doing it. So you'd probably be able to help me get on the path there. So the the on the spot question is, what are you really thinking, Jonathan, when you hear that? What are you really thinking? Honestly, um, honestly, somebody probably should have used Google before they got on a call with me. Um, because I mean, and what you're, what you're sort of teeing up here also is that when we're asking for help, a lot of times, like there are really fast and easy, readily available ways to get a lot of the answers that we're seeking actually without even having to go to somebody. And I'm often, you know, like wondering like what other work has this person done before they came to me? Um, that's easy. It's accessible to everyone. There's no resource constraint or limitation where they could learn a ton so that you can come to me, you know, rather than a a really broad open-ended question that might take a lot of time and energy with a very precise question with something that says, well, no, I've actually like, I really enjoy doing this thing. So, so if we reframe it, this person comes and says, you know what? Um, I've, I've spoken a couple of times at work. I really enjoy it. I've gotten great feedback doing it. And I'm really thinking, you know, that it's something that I want, might want to pursue um, in a more intentional way. So I immediately went out and I started researching all the different types of speaking, the different ways that people actually would pursue developing their careers. And I learned this and this and this, and I've already, you know, like, and I, and I, maybe I took a course or I read some books on it. Um, and there are like still just a small handful of questions, like mm-hmm. specific questions that I'm curious about and that I think you might really be able to help me answer. Would it be okay? If we just, you know, spent a short amount of time together, that I'm much more likely to say yes to because also, I'm, and, and maybe this is the entrepreneur, the founder in me, the maker in me. I know that every path that somebody is looking to pursue is going to have adversity along the way. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take a certain amount of genuine intention and purpose and will to achieve what somebody wants to achieve. And oftentimes I want to see that somebody's already said yes to taking steps towards that rather than. Yeah, just because I think it's sort of like a really strong indication that somebody's actually going to continue to invest effort and energy and do the thing. And then if we have this conversation, that it's going to be time well spent, not just for them, but also for me, that they're going to continue to actually down that path and actually like make it happen. Don't you sometimes think that people are lazy? I'm not saying that's true or not, but don't you sometimes go like, well, they haven't done anything Yeah. This feels like they're being a little lazy because they want me to do all of the work. Like, And by the way, I'll, I'll raise my hand because I'm sometimes that person too. Yeah. Like if I happen to know somebody who can really shortcut a process for me, I might just jump out to them. And, and sometimes I have to sort of like really check myself and say, huh, like was I, was I over asking? Was I moving? Was I like making the ask too soon? Because I think we all have that. We, you know, we all have that. That impulse. But I, I want to share that side because people will never say to you, the reason I didn't want to help you is because you haven't helped yourself first. 
Hmm. I don't think you're serious about it because you haven't really done anything. Like when I see that you're serious and you've really, you know, invested some of your time, then I'm willing to invest some of my time. Yeah. And everybody does do it. But I sometimes just like to talk about the things that people are saying in their head that they're not saying to you, because it's not really that they don't want to help you. It's that you presented it in such a way that it is so unattractive and looks like a a time suck for you that you're like, absolutely not. Right. But the point being, it's all about the way you frame it. And sometimes it's what information does Jonathan need to say yes? What would make it easy for him to say yes? Right. Yep. I love that. And sometimes I have to think about that. If I, if, if there's somebody I'm working with, like, how do I make this easy for them? What can I pull together? So it's really down and dirty quick, meaningful, and it's not going to disrupt their flow. Mm. How do I, how do I make it easy? And the times that I really am intentional about it, it's worth those extra few minutes to really think about that. But sometimes I think we can make it hard for people to say yes. Yeah, that's such a good point. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation, learned a little something about your own quest to come alive and work in life, and maybe feel a little bit less alone along this journey to find and do what sparks you. And if you'd love to share your own moment and question with us, we would love to hear from you. Just go ahead and click on the submissions link in the show notes to get the details on how to do that. And remember, if you're at a moment of exploration, looking to find and do or even create work that makes you come more fully alive, that brings more meaning and purpose and joy into your life. Take the time to discover your own personal Sparkotype for free at Sparkotype.com. It'll open your eyes to a deeper understanding of yourself and open the door to possibility like never before. And hey, if you're finding value in these conversations, please just take an extra second right now to follow and rate Sparked in your favorite podcast app. This is so helpful in helping others find the show and growing our community so that we can all come alive and work in life together. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Sparked.